You're listening to Ouija Broads. This is Liz. This is Devin. Devin, let's try to talk about Raleigh Faulkner again. Can we talk about Raleigh Faulkner? He's so fucking slippery that he managed (laughs) to, from beyond the grave, devour our tape of the first time we talked about him. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Apologies to you, because that was all my bad time shop co-juju going into one fucking recording error. That's okay, because I could do better, because I had a cold. That's okay. (laughs) Raleigh Faulkner is who we're going to talk about today. And he is a guy who, he lived during the teens and 20s and a little bit before the turn of the 19th to the 20th century. Isn't it weird to say, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. Yeah, no, it's okay. Isn't it weird to say turn of the century and now we have to say whether or not it was the 1900s or 2000s? Yeah. I still don't feel like we've gotten a good name for, like, we used to be able to say the 90s, the 80s, and it's like the yeah. 2000s. The 2000s? The 20-teens? The 20-teens isn't as bad. 2000s was pretty rough. 2000s is, yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways. <laughs> 2000s is. Okay. The story of Raleigh Faulkner is a weird one. And right. that's our specialty, so that shouldn't be a surprise. <laughs> but this is This is guy. what you hear for, people. That's what you came for. Are you not entertained? (laughs) That was the worst Russell Crowe I have ever heard. I've never seen that movie. (laughs) That was the best Russell Crowe I've (laughs) ever heard. That was a rhetorical question. Uh, (laughs) So I found Raleigh when I was researching the Manitou episode. uh, And I found a little bit about him. And I'm like, what the hell's with this guy? And I researched. And... (laughs) found stuff from before that and from after that and i still have a mystery about him so i'll share but i will warn the listeners okay first of all i want to do a content warning because there's a fair amount of domestic violence in this one and we're not gonna treat it lightly and we're not gonna be gory or graphic but this dude was not a good dude and he was not a good dude to be married to so fair warning if this is not your stop keep riding we'll see you next time just be glad you're not on the hell trolley, and yeah. please know that when I laugh, because I laughed a lot the first time you told me this, like Liz said the first time, but all that audio is gone. Thanks, Raleigh. I'm mm-hmm. not laughing at domestic violence. I'm laughing at how absurd this is. Yeah, the absurdity of the justice system, the absurdity of the culture that let yes. this happen. But that's only a small part of it, and most of it is just this guy tearing a strip off oh, the whole West Coast, doing oh, whatever yeah. he feels like for a good chunk of time. Oh, but yeah. I'll also warn the listeners, I don't know what happens. I think mm. I might, but I'm going to have to follow that up with another episode. I love <sighs> it. We'll get I to it. I love it. I'm so okay. excited about this being our first two-part episode. Yes. Among the research efforts I've done is getting in contact with his descendants through Ancestry.com. And um, we've kind of, I don't want to say parted ways, because it sounds like it's a euphemism for us having a fight. We disagree as to whether my understanding of what happened to him later in life is correct or not. Because, of course, she's got, like, direct firsthand evidence of family members saying, no, like, we saw him at this time. He was doing this. And I've got other records that seem to indicate otherwise. But this guy is a slippery little fucker. He uses a lot of... (laughs) aliases and he spells his name a bunch of different ways and 
it becomes very tricky to tell if we're talking about the same guy all the time. Yeah, but, okay. Uh, anyway, Raleigh Faulkner, as far as I can tell, was born in 1884-ish in Kentucky. There's no birth certificate for Raleigh Faulkner, although if you can find one, I'll be very impressed, because that's not his real name. <laughs> oh. I don't know what his real name is. I have no oh. idea. How do you I know just... that his real name isn't Raleigh Faulkner? Because uh, there's no record of Raleigh no Faulkner record. before okay. he pops up in Seattle in 1905. And Bizarre. we have decent records for most folks. Like, you can at least yeah. figure out that somebody existed because there's yeah. census records and there's birth registries. Like, I looked at every baby boy born in Kentucky and registered in 1884. There's no Raleigh Faulkner. So you are a super sleuth. <laughs> I, think, I definitely I, think this episode has the most original research yes, of any I put episode we've had. An inappropriate amount of time into this for somebody who's <laughs> supposed to be finishing a dissertation. But I was very intrigued. So I'm just guessing because if you take his age when he popped up in Seattle right. and subtract it from when this happened, you get about 1884. And All he right. tends to say consistently that he was born in Kentucky, but he comes to the West Coast pretty early in his life. And in 1905, we first see him in the newspapers for what will seem, in retrospect, an adorable mishap. <laughs> so he's 21, All right. and his bride, Blanche Taylor, is 16. Keep your eye on Blanche. She will come back. He wow. and Blanche are both residents of Seattle, and they attempt to elope to Vancouver. So 16 in 1905 is not too shockingly young to ever okay. get married. But it's young. It's on the young side. And the reason this makes the papers is because Raleigh was originally engaged to her older sister. God and dang it, man. Do that. That's not cool. <laughs> rude, Raleigh. Super rude. rude. Very rude. Uh, but he elopes with Blanche and they right. eventually do get married and this is okay. And this is a time in which it's a little hard to track down what Raleigh is doing because Blanche's father runs a newspaper. So <laughs> we're oh. not entirely sure what he's up to for some of this. Oh. But we do know that in 1907, the daughter of the two of them, Alice Bessie, is born. She's a sweetheart. Um, well, we'll show you a picture of her. And so she's good. cutie. So but good. by 1908, all is not well. Raleigh is not a great guy to be married to. Blanche files for divorce from Raleigh, and she moves back in with her parents. There's right. so much divorce in these stories, I think, because it was something that got reported on a lot more. So yeah. you tend to see it more than if it was just, you know, people trucking along, being happily married forever or unhappily married. We don't know. But if they're divorced, that's a court filing, and that's news. That's a scandal. That's a scandal. 1908, she's filed for divorce. She's moved back in with her parents. Raleigh shows up with a gun at her house. What? Abducts her, takes her with what? him, and has her for about half a day, about 12 hours. She manages to get on the phone to her family at some point, and they're like, ah, oh, crap, and send the police what? after him. This is not how to convince people to be with you. No. That's not how you do it. No, you don't buffalo bill your wife mm -mm. and be all like, mm, well, hey, baby, you should totally come live with me, if not dead. 
Yeah, yeah. He threatens to kill her entire family. So oh, that'll win her over. Delightful. Delightful. Take notes, fellas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, she plays it cool. This is the thing we'll see about Blanche. She knows when to play it cool, and she eventually gets back, and he gets arrested. Uh, okay. So there's that. But this is the thing with Raleigh, is you cannot keep him in jail. In 1908, in December, so November is when he kidnaps her. In December, right. he gets arrested in Tacoma. He was so not in spent, jail. Yeah, he spent no time in jail for this then. Yeah, you could basically piece together his entire life story just from times he was arrested. Oh my word. And uh, yeah, whenever he doesn't get arrested, I lose track of him. But fortunately, that's not <laughs> frequent. When he's arrested in Tacoma, he says, My real name is Rolla Hargis, and I'm of the famous feuding Kentucky Harguses. You know. <laughs> you, um, yeah. Are the Harguses real? Yes, there, there's a real feuding family that involved what? kind of Hatfield and McCoy style, about four different families that were all intermarried and killing each other. And it was wow. in the newspapers at the time, which I think is where Raleigh got this. Yeah. Because I actually reached out to a guy who did a documentary about the Harguses, okay. about um, Bloody Breathitt County. So That's a this, mouthful. Isn't it? I said... Here's what I'm working on. Have you ever heard of, like, a Raleigh or a Royal or an Errol or any of this? He's like, no, I don't think so. (laughs) I was briefly hoping, because this is the way of this. It turns into a rabbit hole. You find one thing, and then you follow it, and all of a sudden there's this whole other amazing story. So if they ever make a Southeast version of Ouija Broads, they need to cover the story of Beach Hargis, born in 1884, just like Raleigh disappeared in 1908 after murdering his father, which is an unusual direction to take a feud. Ooh, it is. Yeah, normally you're supposed to kill the people on the other side, but he murdered his father and disappeared. But unfortunately, they don't look anything alike other than being white guys with dark hair. And we know Raleigh was already sister-stealing as of 1905 in Seattle. Right, he was busy. Yeah, so I don't know where Beach Hargis is, but... <laughs> he was otherwise engaged, Liz. Woman. <laughs> That's Sorry. excellent. Life's he was otherwise beach. engaged in 1905. <laughs> he was. <laughs> he was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the guy who wrote the Bloody Breath at County actually wrote a collection of ghost stories set in that county. So there's there's dozens of us, dozens, who care about <laughs> stuff like this. <laughs> Yeah, back so, in the cutoffs. <laughs> to recap our timeline, November, um, yeah. Raleigh threatens to kill her entire family and abducts Blanche at gunpoint. December, he's arrested and just starts saying crap about being from a famous feud in Kentucky family. Yeah. February, Raleigh and Blanche remarry. No, what? Don't For do real? that. Don't do don't that, do guys. That. I know. I don't know why she would remarry him. I don't know, Blanche, why? But why, Blanche? But why? Well, I mean, as you point out later, he's a pretty silvery-tongued little sweet talker. So he seems to be. Yeah. And when that fails, know. he has guns. And plus so, that. I yeah. mean, shoot. That's two things going for him. There you go. Well, let's take this 
to a different state. 1909, April, he gets arrested for check fraud in Oakland. And this is where we get to fill in the gaps of what he's been doing. Okay. So, Still married to Blanche? Is that correct? Uh, she's been, she's filed for divorce at this point again. A second time. Okay. Yeah. But divorces take a long time. They do. I they guess. They still do. Yeah. And he gets arrested for <laughs> check fraud, you guess? <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? Just because mine took, what, two years? I was, married, <laughs> I was marrying my second one while I was still married to the first one, technically. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, Whatever. paperwork is a hassle. Paperwork sucks, dude. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's in Oakland. He's in Oakland. He's arrested for check fraud. And then we get to kind of get stuff filled in because they say, yeah, Raleigh's known to the Seattle police for really similar crimes. But Blanche's father, the newspaper guy, said, I will keep this out of the paper if you just leave my daughter alone. He probably said daughters. At that point, oh, I would just be covering yeah. all my bases. Just all of them. <laughs> my whole Any family. Just get Don't, out of here. None of them. And Raleigh took that deal and then immediately went to start doing check fraud in Oakland. All right. Well, yeah. Raleigh, do what you're good at, you know? Yeah, follow your bliss. You know? <laughs> do what you love and the money will follow. <laughs> the money will come. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. Good job, Raleigh. Good job. Here's where he comes into Spokane, because he doesn't stay in California. He was a traveling man. He comes up in 1910 in early February, and the Spokane Press runs a story. Again, I guess this was news about how Raleigh has obtained a restraining order preventing Blanche from contacting him. Not the other way around. Tables not, turned. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it's not like she showed up and tried to abduct him at gunpoint and threatened to murder his family. Yeah. So according to the Spokane Press, he rescued Alice from Blanche in Seattle and took her to Spokane to keep Blanche from stealing her because Blanche, as Raleigh puts it, frequents doubtful dances and oh. immoral resorts with strange and immoral men, which I don't know what gets stranger or more immoral than <laughs> yeah. what Raleigh has already been up to right? at this point. Maybe he was talking about himself, Liz. Yeah. Like, he's <laughs> like, I know she's got no judgment because she I married know. me two times. <laughs> Twice. Two times. Twice. And then we come to the story where I first encountered Raleigh, because as we probably could have guessed, it's not so much that he rescued his daughter as no. he stole her. I figured. Because as they're getting divorced, there's a court order that he has to give her over to Blanche, and yeah. he doesn't want to. The police come after him because you can't just steal people, even if you're related to them. <laughs> and he doesn't have Bessie. Bessie's three. And what Raleigh tells the police is he says, I've put her in a shack somewhere in the Manitou area, and I'm not going to tell you where. And if she dies, she dies, and that's all there is to it. It's February. What? In a shack, no food, three years old, and the city launches this huge search because they're like, this kid is going to freeze, or this kid is going to starve, or yeah. this kid is going eat to get eaten by the bear that's the running bear. around. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is where I find him because this is Manitou-related news and everybody's panicking. It's his front page news. Well, yeah. Yeah. The Seattle paper is covering it as well. And because they have more information on him, I think a lot of what he gets away with is just because people don't have 
any kind of interconnectivity in terms of saying, you know, you can't say, oh, this is the same guy that's been doing this crap in Seattle unless you actually call Seattle and they say, yeah, we know the guy you're talking about. Well, yeah. So because Seattle does know the guy they're talking about in this case, they note that he has been arrested many times for wife beating, but his wife always refused to prosecute him, declaring oh. he would kill her if she did. Oh. 1910. Blanche. Get it together. Oh, get it together, 1910. What is going on? That is not a sentence you should write as though that's a fair outcome oh, for no. a situation. No. 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 Maybe she it's... remarried him because he was going to kill her. Apparently. It's a fucking well, terrifying it... guy. And the whole family. Yeah. And then he stole the baby. Then he Jeez steals the Louise, baby. Louise, dude. Yeah. So the Spokane oh, Press, Blanche. which ran this whole, like... Here comes Raleigh Faulkner saving Alice Bessie from her mother who frequents mm -hmm. immoral resorts, mm -hmm. runs the story, because of course they're going to cover this, and they have the secondary headline, Faulkner, evidently a bad man. <laughs> you noticed. <laughs> you cracked the case. Good job, guys. Evidently. Yeah, evidently. Yeah, I wish we knew back subtitled headings like that. Yeah. Or yeah. subheadings, yes. Please, please make that another thing in newspapers. Mm -hmm. Evidently. Yeah. Evidently a bad man. <laughs> I mean, we assumed everything he said was legit up to this point. Okay. Well, now he's got this kid in a shack and she's getting mm -hmm. eaten by bears. Guess yeah. he's a bad dude. He's a bad dude. But he wasn't quite bad enough to set his little daughter out to starve and freeze. Because she actually was never in a shack. He's just oh, a fucking God. psychopath. Oh, thank God. Uh, yeah, or sociopath. I don't know the difference. I refuse to learn. Well, he's uh, a bad man, though. He's a bad man. You she's know never, that. She's never been in a shack whatsoever. He's just a bad man. Just he bad. gave her to a friend of his... Oh. And made up the shack thing, because he likes to waste police resources, I guess. Yeah, he and does. Blanche, who's chill as fuck, comes over, and she she comes over to Spokane, and she says, okay, last time we were here, we stayed at the Windsor Hotel. I wonder if he did something at the Windsor Hotel. So she goes over there, and she just starts chatting to people, and starts acting like she's completely in on the whole thing, and gets somebody oh. to mention that they know the person who's holding Bessie and they drop the name. And she's like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. Oh. Yeah, no, I know they got Bessie. Everything's fine. And she takes this information to the police and they go get Bessie back. Well done, Blanche. Yeah, well, well played. Well done. Hashtag save Blanche is now hashtag Blanche is getting it. Yeah, yeah, that's... She chose the right move in that case to rescue she her kid. She did. Nicely yeah. done. Okay. This is when... Blanche, who I think, I wish she were still around because I think she would have the key to this. She says Faulkner's not his real name. He's actually Greek. I, I don't know. This has just left me with a thing that like if I ever find somebody who I think maybe became Raleigh Faulkner and yeah. he is Greek or his family yeah. is Greek, that might be something. But it doesn't help. really narrow it down that much at this point. No, I mean I don't I don't know the etymology of last names very well. It, where would you say Faulkner is from? I mean, other His than the Faulkner ass. Islands, <laughs> right from his butthole. Yep. <laughs> no, that's that's completely made up, and he doesn't even spell it consistently. Sometimes it has a U in it. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's Falconer. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> he has yeah. a big bird somewhere. Yeah, you know. A falconer. <laughs> falconer. <sighs> yeah, they do All put right. him in jail for the whole Bessie thing. You can't okay. do that. No, you I, can't. But given that it's 1910, I bet he would have been fine if he just hadn't wasted police time with it. And they he goes back to Seattle and he manages to convince an appeals judge that he should get another trial because he didn't commit the offense in King County. He committed it in Spokane. Okay. And he says, you should let me out on bond and you should do that because I promise I will leave my wife alone. Oh, and the Lord. judge is like, okay. Oh, Lord. Good enough. Yeah, this is two elements that whenever I'm looking at somebody and I'm saying, is this Raleigh? Did he drag his case all over the court system? <laughs> and could you get a charge to stick to him? Mm. If the answer to the first one is yes and the second one is no, you got you a Raleigh Faulkner. <laughs> because he kidnapped his daughter, took her across the state, and yeah. pretended she was dying in a shack. And the appeals yeah. judge is like, we're good. You're, You're probably going to be calm now, right? <laughs> And so he walks out of jail at about 3 p.m. All right. Looks into waiter jobs, because that's what he does. All right. And he's, he says, okay, well, uh, I'm going to go kill my wife. Remember the part where I said well, I was going to leave my wife alone? I think I'm going to do the opposite of that. I think that's where I'm at today. Raleigh. Damn it, Raleigh. Damn Raleigh is nobody's Raleigh. history boyfriend. Raleigh should never have been anybody's boyfriend. No, he should not have been anything. anybody's. Nobody's boyfriend. Nobody's dad. Apparently. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. All right. Yeah. That's what well. makes this so fraught when I'm communicating with a descendant. Because, like, I think he sort of got um, some of this stuff buffed out over time. Mm -hmm. And and it's a little less shocking. He's not a good grandpa or great grandpa either. Yeah. To have. <laughs> yeah. Well, because so, he tried to kill your great grandma and everybody else. Yeah. Your great grandma, your grandma... Everybody, yeah. So Raleigh's like, well, I'm going to go kill my ex-wife because, you know, I, well, I've, I'm i busy. I got stuff to do. Tuesday. I better go take care of that. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes to where he knows she lives, but her landlord opens the door. So the landlord's the one that gets the knife to the heart and dies. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Hurtful. Rude. <laughs> super rude. Super rude and super hurtful, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and another lodger, oh, so dear. the landlord gets stabbed in the heart, the wife goes, oh my god, it's him, because of course Blanche well, has yeah. been like, my husband is a fucking homicidal maniac and he's gonna yeah. come after me probably, yeah. because he can charm a judge like nobody's business. Yeah. Another lodger, the landlord's brother, tries to wrestle Raleigh and he gets stabbed in the fucking face. But god. he lives. Yeah. All right. Well, he lives um, at least. And Raleigh's like, well, this didn't work out like I thought. And just kind of leaves the scene. And For real? Yeah. And the police pick him up later that day. I don't know how they knew where okay. to find him. Probably he was coming to his waiter job. Probably going to his waiter job covered yeah. in blood. Yeah. And kidnapping somebody else's kid. Yeah. And here's the flat out, like, again, come on, 1910. His attorney says, I fear his recent troubles have affected his mind. You know his recent troubles oh. where he kidnapped his daughter? Where he kidnapped um, his daughter. And, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. He uses elegant diction, and there is a tone of extra refinement about him. He comes from a wealthy family. 
Uh, first of all, bullshit. Like, nobody, <laughs> unless you actually know where he comes from, I strongly doubt he comes from a wealthy family. He probably just told you whatever. Also, yes. do you think people who use elegant diction don't stab people? He's extra refined. So refined. Well, Liz, I mean, a knife is a gentleman's weapon. He wasn't right. so coarse as to, you know, blast him in the face with a shotgun. You know, to use a gun, like the last time he tried like to kill his wife. Like the last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's his recent troubles. He definitely hasn't been up to this for, like, the better part of seven years at this point. No, absolutely not. It was all Blanche's fault and her troubles. We rejoin Raleigh's adventures in 1911 <laughs> when the Seattle Times has a headline, R.M. Faulkner again in trouble. <laughs> he's just a known commodity at this point. Do you think he's they been just... counterfeiting again? Oh, he's been counterfeiting again. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Now you may say, wait a minute, didn't he stab a guy in the fucking chest in May of last year? And killed him. It- yeah, and killed him and then stabbed another person in the it, face. all in an attempt to kill his wife several hours after he was let out on bond from a different crime. I am This is all that. true. Okay. We would be terrible officers of justice in Seattle because apparently what we don't realize is that self-defense. <laughs> There's me laughing at the absurdity and not at the crime. For real? Yeah. This is self-defense? Yeah, the part where he showed up to a total stranger's house and stabbed them in the heart with a knife is self-defense. <sighs> yeah, he manages to drag this case out and out and out, but finally does get sentenced to three years in McNeil prison for counterfeiting. Yeah, <sighs> McNeil is in the Seattle area. It's since been closed, but... His lawyer actually has to withdraw from the case because there's allegations that he was influencing the court, that Raleigh was. And this is another thing that Raleigh manages to do, is law enforcement people and courts really get pulled into his orbit. Wow. Yeah. Raleigh, while in prison, in McNeil, apparently gets bored because he... (laughs) <laughs> this is one of the ones where I, I didn't know what he was doing for a while until I figured out that he was going by Raleigh Falconer in this window. All right. Because uh, he, yeah, what what cracked all this wide open for me was when I found the McNeil prison record of him because it shows him checking in and checking out under all these different names. Oh, Thank great. God for that thing. Great. Thank God. Yeah. He is claiming that he's been involved in this plot to blow up. American ships on behalf of the Germans. Oh, the Germans. Yeah, the Germans. And he's accelerating. And he says, I have information about this. And also, you have to move me because the other prisoners are going to kill me if I peach. If you, you know, peach. Peaching. Peach? <laughs> when you peach on someone. I've never heard that term. When you peach? It sounds so cute, doesn't it? It's adorable. <laughs> we'll kill you if you peach on us. <laughs> What do I get if I apricot on you? <laughs> no, wait, let me do a better one. What if I get if I kumquat on you? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And again, with Raleigh, the question is always, was he telling the truth at first and then he started lying? Or was he lying at first and then started telling the truth? Because eventually... He says, no, I didn't know anything about the bomb plot or the plotters. I just kind of read the newspaper and made some extrapolations from there and started saying crap. No way. 
I mean, I don't know. Yes, way. I mean, I believe it now because it's Raleigh. But uh, yeah. was there some kind of German bomb plot going on that he yes. just glommed onto? All right. Yeah, there definitely was a German bomb plot. All right. It's just very ambiguous as to whether he had anything to do with it. Wow. Or did did he have something to do with it? Because he definitely was not like, no, I'm an upstanding gentleman. Clearly not. <laughs> I won't. I won't get involved with that. But did he go, no, I think they're going to kill me because I'm going to peach. Because I'm going to peach. <laughs> yep. Wow, so he serves dude. out most of his term. And he gets arrested in Oregon because he's just kind of doing his tour of all the states we cover. I love it. He's what knits this together. Yeah. He gets arrested in Oregon for bootlegging because it's almost prohibition. Almost prohibition. Okay. It's prohibition in certain states and provinces. That's right. Yeah, which was a great warm-up practice, kind of, you know, get loosened up, get real ready for national prohibition for the bootleggers. Yeah. I I mean, (laughs) this is great. This is like preseason or pre-gaming. Yeah, yeah. They're like, all right, let's get at this. So they arrest him for bootlegging in Oregon. And again, he loves talking to police officers. He loves talking to judges. He loves peaching. And he says, he loves peaching. (laughs) He's an A-plus peacher. (laughs) And he starts implicating dry cops, meaning, you know, cops whose job was enforcing prohibition. And he says, I have this Seattle-Tacoma bootlegging ring, and I have a lot of dry cops that are part of it, including the head of the dry squad. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and we come back again. Was he telling the truth about this and then he started lying? Or was he lying about this? Because in the end, they decide that this is a frame-up and they give him a year in jail. Oh my goodness. But I love these I old-timey know. words you're throwing out at me. It's a frame-up. It frame was a frame-up. It was a shenanigan. Shenanigans. <laughs> it was malarkey. Pure and simple malarkey. <laughs> you guys... These guys. Yeah, they say, no, this is a frame-up. You're there's These dry cops didn't have anything to do with this. Certainly not the head of the dry squad. Why? Uh, and they say, you can ha- you get a year in jail. But, you know, <laughs> this is in January and he's out by February because it's Raleigh. For real? He served a <laughs> yeah. month of a year sentence? Yeah, you know. I'm surprised he served that long. What are you going to do, leave him in jail? It's Raleigh. It's Raleigh. No. Can't be done. <laughs> For reasons that are very unclear from 100 years later. <laughs> well, 90. No, 100. 100. I don't know what year it is. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, promptly, the next year, he's arrested in Portland for smuggling liquor. Oh, Lord. And his his bootlegging, every word for this is great. Rum smuggling, rum running, bootlegging, <laughs> moonshining. Moonshining, I love it. I approve of all of it. Uh, it's This is the part that the descendant knew about, all is right. that he was, you know, this rapscallion bootlegger. God, you in these words. <laughs> a scallywag. Uh-huh. It was just a scallywag. Yeah, this was a fascinating time period in the West Coast because Canada got over Prohibition, or at least British Columbia did, right, right about the time we decided it looked like a neat idea and we should try it out. Oh. So... All the Canadian bootleggers who were, you know, had their supply lines worked out were like, well, we see a market opening up. (laughs) So the move was you would buy, you know, tons of whiskey 
in <laughs> Vancouver or whatnot, okay. and you'd put it on a great big ship, and then you would say, I'm going to take this to Mexico, where I have a guy who will sign whatever paper I put in front of him, saying that I definitely delivered all this liquor and not just a bunch of empty crates. And all the way down, you have little boats come out and grab the liquor and uh, take it to shore. All right. And especially what they like to do on the West Coast is use the Japanese immigrant community because a lot of those guys had fishing boats and also had kind of their own... I don't want to say mafia, but basically, like, there's this own organizations. Yeah, there, there. You every community has its own guys who know a guy. Yeah, and if you if you're white and you know a guy in the Japanese community who knows a guy, then the people who are actually bringing the liquor up onto the dock when they get arrested, they're not going to be able to point to you. I get it. You're right. Yeah, because you only have a small point of crossover. And yeah, it was fantastically shady. It was some A-plus shade And exploiting an an immigrant population that can't afford lawyers, that can't speak the language, that probably have Mm -hmm. no idea what they're taking to shore anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that you can just be like, whatever, do this. Yeah, go for it. (sighs) Here's four hay pennies. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) Yeah, so sometime in this window, he's really active during Prohibition. He's not arrested constantly, but uh, he doesn't um, actually go to jail for this 1919 arrest. I don't know where he goes. I don't know. But he, sometime between 1919 and 1926, skips out on a two-year sentence for bootlegging in Seattle. So (laughs) he's just constantly getting scooped up and constantly just no not today it's fascinating i don't care to be arrested he's a terrible criminal he keeps getting caught Mm -hmm. but he has whatever skill it takes to get out of it so yeah i maybe he's a brilliant criminal i can't tell he's magic i just cannot tell with this guy magic i love it yeah a first pacific wizard of bootlegging (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, in 1926, they arrest him for rum smuggling. <laughs> rum, rum smuggling. smuggling. Rum smuggling. You smuggle some rum in your and, bum. And they've got him. And they're like, yeah, we got to wait because um, we are calling Seattle and they've got a lot of information on him. Yes, they do. And his activities. And they put him on trial in L.A. as a bootlegger king, which Ooh. is a great appellation. Is that going to Appel- be on an epaulette? An epaulette? An epaulette? I, I don't know. Can appellation is an... I was trying to say, like, I know how it's spelled in my head, but now it just sounds like I'm saying a mountain range. It does, doesn't it? And I can't help you because, Liz, I am terrible at pronunciation. Oh, that was a <sighs> great joke. I am terrible at pronunciation. <laughs> there we go. Why did we go into an audio medium, Devin? Why? 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 Why did we do this to ourselves? I don't know. We're beautiful, yeah. so we really should be in front of a screen. <laughs> oh, so Raleigh. Anyway, he's the bootlegger king. He's the bootlegger king. And they're already during this trial trying to figure out what to do with him because he's been trying to give people $50,000 in cash and $300,000 in jewelry and bonds to get him out of jail. So I think this may be the key to his magic. 
Yeah. Is bribes. Yeah. Maybe he did come from a wealthy family, my friend. Maybe he did. He sure had a lot of money by the end of Prohibition. Yeah, he did. <sighs> yeah. Um, okay. All right. 1934. I lose Raleigh again from 27 to 34. I don't know what he's doing. But Prohibition is over in right. 1934. And... There's another rum runner named Marcus Aldacoja who's running a liquor store because, of course, just, you know, it's legal now. It's Why legal. not? What else do you do with all this product? Okay, 1934, Prohibition is over. The liquor store proprietor sees Raleigh go by and runs out and punches him in the nose <laughs> and breaks his face. <laughs> which, again, is funny. You had it coming, Raleigh, at a minimum. You did. Because he says Raleigh cost him $100,000 during the Prohibition era. Okay. How is not specified. Yeah. But I believe it, because yeah. <laughs> it's Raleigh. And he says, I knew him back in 1926. He goes by Raleigh Fremont now, but I knew him as Raleigh Faulkner. Oh. That's the last time the name Raleigh Faulkner appears connected to this guy. Really? You get some other people later that have the name, but obviously from like their location and their age and what they're up to, it's not the same person. I'm like, okay, you're not the kid in the 50s who gets in a car accident, no. right? Like, no. I clearly, mean, this is not the same person. I, you don't know that. It's Raleigh Faulkner, my I friend. Don't know that. He's that slippery. <laughs> he turns himself into an eight year old and gets into a car accident in Oklahoma. <laughs> Idiot. But yeah, but fortunately, this gives us a transition point because all throughout I've been collecting these aliases that he uses. Yeah. This is the first time I see him using Fremont. Yeah. And Fremont will be the key that gets us into the more speculative component where I think I know what happened. Okay. Not everybody agrees with me. Okay. But I'll lay out the case in the second part of this oh episode. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Oh, what a tease. That's me. Liz, I got chills. Can I ask you some <laughs> can I ask you some follow-up questions? Definitely. Are you willing and or able to say what name the family member you talked to knows him as? She knows him as Raleigh Faulkner. Okay. Yeah. And the thing is, Raleigh and Blanche, Raleigh remarried if he is the person that I think he is. Okay. He married at least one more time, but didn't have any other kids. Okay. So the descendant that I'm talking to is a descendant. Um, Alice Bessie, of Alice the Bessie. Manito survivor, is her grandmother. Oh, lovely. Yeah, okay. and Alice Bessie had a nice life, you know, lived until she was in her late 80s, got married, had kids, oh, all this kind of stuff. Um, oh, good. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, she somehow survived having this train wreck of parentage Just going on. This is right in that window where she knows people who remember meeting him, but their memories aren't great at this point. Right. And so That's it's fair. a matter of catching them in a lucid moment. And then, of course, you know, it's what they remember or what they remember somebody telling them okay. that then filters through her. Okay. So, I mean, her help has been invaluable. I don't want to imply that, like, I seek the truth and she has only rumor. Like, <laughs> she's definitely been extremely useful in finding yeah. this stuff. Um, yeah. How cool to but, have this connection, man. Yeah. People have been really forthcoming and helpful with this. I just have emailed a bunch of people and been like, I'm working on this case about this guy. Yeah. The thing that blows my mind about Raleigh Faulkner is why did I never hear of this guy before? 
Well, he's bananas. He's all over the place, right? And he's so like criminally active, obviously. When he was in prison in Seattle, that's now closed down. Max something, mm-hmm. Mick something, McNeil. McNeil, thanks. Yeah. Didn't you tell me once before that there were other famous prisoners there? It was on an island because that's the best way to have. Oh a yeah, old timey penitentiary. Oh yeah. Um, it's near. Do you say Stelacum or Stelacum? I've said Stelacum, but I don't know. Yeah. Other people who were at McNeil included uh, Charlie Manson. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> back when he was a forger, not oh. when he was a cult leader. That's all. And um, various teens and depression era yeah. gangsters, yeah. including Raleigh. I yeah. think we could we could call him a gangster. Let's do that. Really. I like that. Yeah, and notably, and I'm not sure we can do justice to this on Ouija Broad, so I don't know if we'll ever really cover it because it's more of a historical atrocity than a weird story. But during World War II, 85 Japanese Americans who resisted the draft to protest the internment camps got put in McNeil. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, fascinating story, super depressing and awful. Like you said, I don't know that that's within our wheelhouse, but damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of feel like how the My Favorite Murder Gals probably feel sometimes, which is like, to wring any humor out of this would be the wrong move. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's not do an episode on Trail of Tears, Liz. Yeah, <laughs> let's not and say we didn't. Let's not and say we didn't. Let's cover Bikini <laughs> Atoll. No, actually, no. I don't think we will. Um, I'm good. Would you think that he was just... We would have heard more about him if there had been fewer, more famous people in that prison? Or do you think, you know, you're one of the few people to be able to put all this information together contemporarily? I think that's part of it. Yeah. I think it's that he was jumping from state to state so much. So every time he pops back up, it's about a 50-50 chance as to whether they've put together that they're dealing with the same person. Right. Okay. Because he's, you know, he's spelling his name differently. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he's RM and sometimes mm-hmm. he's Raleigh spelled like the city. And sometimes he's Raleigh R-O-L-L-Y. Okay. So McNeil Prison put it together eventually and said, you know, this is the same guy. We keep seeing him. Yeah. But I think it was, I don't know why they didn't, maybe if you were covering Prohibition, it just wasn't interesting to you to say this guy was also a check forger. Yeah, true. But he certainly had a lot of influence, both with the courts and in the criminal community. Yeah. I ended up getting the book, which is historical fiction, but pretty heavy on the history and light on the fiction about one of the country's first female prosecutors and how she came out to the West Coast to chase down violators of prohibition. And Raleigh appears as a character in that because of really furiously, furiously Googling. He doesn't come off very well, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) this is one of the things that does mention, I probably should reach out to the author and be like, you know, where, where did you get this? Raleigh. Um, It mentions that he go, that he went by Fremont. And it also mentions that he takes a deal toward the end of prohibition and gets transferred to a prison in Atlanta. Wow, that's because a long way away. He had turned on so many people. He had peached oh, on them, he Devin. Peached on him. Liz He had peached on a lot of people and he didn't want to go to jail where they could get at him. No, I don't blame him. Yeah. Now unfortunately, Atlanta, unlike Washington, doesn't have its prison records from that era up online. Get it together, Atlanta. 
I know. Although, actually, now that I think about it, I'm going to Atlanta at the end of June. So I should probably oh my make gosh. an appointment. Absolutely. <laughs> you should just check in at a yeah. museum or a, not a museum, check in at a library. Yes. Get it. Yeah. Microfiche the shit out of this. I'm ridiculously overinvested in this Raleigh situation, and I'm not a creative writer in that way. So I might have to turn it over to my husband or something at this point. I think this is a really cool husband-wife project you got in the works. Yeah. Well, I'm like, this guy, Mm -hmm. he just, he's a supervillain, is what Matt was saying. Like, you cannot keep this guy in jail. Yeah. He has his hands in everything. Yeah. He steals people. Yeah. He threatens them with guns. He stabs them with knives. He blows up ships. He (laughs) he (laughs) is a bootlegger. Rum runs. Yeah, he rum runs. Yeah, that's a hard one to conjugate. (laughs) He he smuggles liquor. He... I like rum runs. I like rum runs too. Rummin. He's <laughs> rumming, Liz. <laughs> yeah. So that's my story. And I'm I warned you at the beginning, it doesn't quite have an ending yet, but I'll do another part. But even so, it's just a complicated thing that I've been pulling together over the last couple weeks. Okay, everybody, you need to stay tuned. I'm gonna give you the second half of the Raleigh Faulkner story, or at least what I know of it. So rejoin us. If it's not next week, it'll be the week after. Oh, and really? Yeah, well, making you know, wait. we're we're not recording it today. So, dang it, dang it! We'll I'm hanging up we'll... on you. Forget <laughs> it. If I don't get the second half of the story, I'm done. I'll do this by myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it will not be interesting. It would be so uh, interesting, dude. I'd listen to you. You could tape my mouth shut, and I'd still listen to you. Oh, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> hot. Oh, uh, people, thank you for listening to us. Thank you. Thank you for putting up with this. Thank you a lot for that. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Ouija Broads at all of those. Uh, we also have OuijaBroads.com, although we're not really doing much with it yet. We're it's there. easier to just find us at ouijabroads.podbean.com, mm-hmm. which you already did successfully if you're listening to this. So good job, you. Well done. Yeah. And the only thing I have beans. left to say to you, you're clever beans. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta live weird. Die weird. Stay weird. Thanks for listening. Thank you. And then the music Yay. comes on. <laughs>